From across the comic book community multiverse, the Comic-Con podcast begins now with your hosts, Justin, a.k.a. Nemesis Prime. If you give them the title of influencer, then that's that's giving them more power, right? That's how it is. Like, I'm a nobody. Listen, I'm a nobody. Zach, a.k.a. The Manimal. We talked about it for a full, I believe, seven to eight minutes on an hour-long normal podcast for a show. And you would have thought we set their house on fire with the backlash. So, Welcome back, everybody. The Comic-Con Podcast Season 3, Episode 2. If you're here, you know who we are. So we're just going to go ahead and jump into it. I mean, three seasons in, second episode, third season. If you're in the wrong place, well, stay and enjoy. If you're in the right place, you know what's up. So... We got a good show today. Um, we have a guest with us. We've got Comic Man Andy. Say what's up. I've been abducted. Please help. Somebody dial 911. Oh my God, where am I? <laughs> Press end, Justin. End the recording. And no, man, we got a good show today. We got Andy joining us for the first time. He kind of gave us some shit for not being invited on previously so or earlier. But um, man, we got, <laughs> we got a bunch of things to talk about. A couple community questions. Um, Ant-Man trailer. Obviously, we're going to talk about comic man andy and uh you know just comics in general so um let's go ahead and jump into some of our community questions so the first one actually actually is not a community question this is from troy stegner who is a buddy of mine down here in uh, el paso las cruces area he says i hate to be that guy but i will zach should know el paso does in fact have a hockey team the el paso (laughs) rhinos so this is in reference to me talking shit on hockey mainly more talking shit on our canadian friends up north but uh is that when we were talking about the world juniors is that oh yeah that's right that's how that came up right how we knew nothing of hockey and newbie and myself were going back and forth so first off the rhinos are also they're not like i mean i guess i don't know minor league team i have no idea i don't know shit about (laughs) hockey okay and i've never been to a rhinos game but Troy says, but on a serious note, been loving the podcast, guys. I listen to it while doing yard work, picking up dog poop and such. Well, thank you. You guys help me keep up to date without doing deep dives on the internet. So thanks, Troy, for listening. Um, I've known Troy for a couple of years now. He actually runs the uh, El Paso Comic Con, which will be going on this year, April 21st through the 23rd. So if you are in the area or you're commutable, check it out. It's a great little con. They got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good vendors, a lot of good guests. Um you can't beat El Paso for Mexican food as well. So come on down. And if you're in the area, let me know as well. But um, hmm, maybe yeah. I'll make the trip late. Yeah. April. Well, write yeah. That down. You could, you'll rate them, dude. You're <laughs> well, there's a lot of, the, the problem is, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on over literally the March and April thing. You know, obviously yeah. the upcoming in March, we're, I'm obviously attending and also going to be vending at King Kong show here in New Jersey. So that's the fourth King Kong show. And that's, you know, March, it's actually going to be a two day event, March 25th, March 26th. So make sure you come down to that. We'll be obviously having Greg, of course, MTG comics on the podcast at some point before that show. And then April, uh, there is the little giant show up in New Hampshire. And I think that weekend is uh wicked con up in Boston. So I don't know, man, I'm trying wicked. to just, oh, wicked, wicked con. We got wicked con. Wicked. So, yeah, uh, so there's a lot of stuff that I'm depending on what I want to do. And uh, another community, this one's actually a community question. It's great that we have a community member, so he can actually chime in as well. So this is coming from on Instagram over at our uh, Instagram account for the Comic-Con podcast. This is coming from Lee CVN 72 
And uh, his question is, I have a question, guys, for the podcast. I've been stuck in a rut for a little over a year of not collecting. I love the stories of books, but collecting single issues and building it in my closet is becoming a problem. What do you fellows do to get out of collecting time, collecting time off, taking time, to, well, sorry, taking time off from collecting? And I think that's a great question because everybody has a problem with space. Zach, you know about space. I'm sure Andy knows also about the space issue. And, uh, you know, so what do I do to get out of uh, taking time off from collecting? You know, when there's that issues of too many issues going on, you just got to sell, man. That's all it's about. I, mm-hmm. I'm all, you know, Zach has gotten me into this thing over the past year, you know, listening to him here on the podcast, talking about when he completes runs and just sells it. I'm in the same thing, man. You want to shrink down your collection? You just got to go ahead and sell. What about you, Andy? What do you do? Oh man, the yearly neighborhood garage sale. Stick out five, six, seven, eight boxes of uh, dollar books just to move them right along. I, sometimes I have the same unhealthy habits as everybody mm-hmm. else as I uh, unconsciously let my pull box build up for three, four, five <laughs> weeks and kind of take a little bit of breather. But seriously, year to year, neighborhood garage sales, donations. Sometimes you kind of go to like Facebook Marketplace and just pile some stuff up and move it. You get a lot of people coming to like your your neighborhood. I mean, is it? Sorry, man. Actually, where do you where do you live at? Uh, what's, your, what's your address, dog? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I see somebody's coming over. All right, Southwest Michigan, and yeah, you'd be surprised. There are a ton of people, and the first question uh, at the yearly garage sales that everybody goes through is, "Do you have any video games?" That's mm. been the running theme for years now. But the comic books do pretty well too. Nice. Yeah, I remember those days where like the garage sales at my parents and my mom's like, do you want to sell anything in the attic? And I'm just like, oh, I'll grab some stuff here and there. And then like sometimes I'll help her out. And that's immediately like the first thing you're right. Like, do you have any video games? Do you have any video game systems? And I'm just like, yeah, I know what they're looking for. No, they're not available. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. It's always about that struggle. I think for the longest time for, I mean, back in what was 2023. I think 2019 was when I, I finally decided, look, I had, I think at that time I had something like 28, 35 long boxes, something like that. And it was just a nightmare to move them and stack them. And I was like, I, I haven't even opened up 12 of these long boxes probably in like seven years. You know, like, what am I doing with all this shit? And that was when I made the move of, you know, selling stuff to kind of get a big book, the X-Men number one. But, and then once I started getting rid, it was that first, that first sale was like the hardest one. And then I was like, fuck it. Now I broke a run up. Now they all got to go. You know what I mean? So once you get rid of stuff, it, it is very like cathartic in a way, like clearing up rooms. In fact, I just, uh, I've got my long boxes that are always like my books for sale on eBay. And I got about a hat, like a gap in one of the long boxes. And I couldn't be like more excited. I'm like, oh my God, there's a whole gap missing now. Like there's all this shit gone, dude. Like, <laughs> Is this I'm what, all about get it in, get it the fuck out, dude. Is this what healthy feels like? Oh my god, <laughs> this is what healthy feels. Yeah, this is mental health 101 right here. Um, no, nah, dude, I mean, like you hoard these books, and then for so long, I mean, Justin's sitting on 45 issues of Captain Marvel. What a bastard, dude. <laughs> I, I need it, I need it to be gone, like, need it to be gone. But that sounds like child's play, like 30 to 40 of these short boxes, man. Come on, like. Like nothing. Long boxes. Long, oh, boxes. long boxes. Yeah, long okay. boxes. Okay. That yeah, all right. That's that's still a decent amount. So, but yeah, it's 
I don't know. I, I'm in the same boat like you, you know, 2023. We, and you know, the thing is, you and I haven't really even gone through and like discussed like what our 2023 goals are. And I am literally just, I'm so happy. Like, you know, after a whatnot sale, I'm like, yo, man, I just got rid of a freaking half of a short box or a full yeah. short box. I'm like, I love that space. It's so nice. So yep. well, let's get into our guest. Yes. Let's hear mm. all about Comic Man Andy. We're first up before you kind of launch into, you know, who you are and everything. Where can where can everyone find you at? Where are everybody you can at? everybody can find me at Comic Man Andy on pretty much every social media platform, TikTok, IG, YouTube. Um, we've even done a small podcast called Pinky's Out Podcast on Spotify as well. COVID kind of killed that. We're trying to get back to that at some point. But yeah, just Comic Man Andy pretty much everywhere. IG is where I do the bulk of the content in YouTube. So how'd you kind of, how did your comic book experience start? How'd you get into the game? Uh, Early eighties as a kid on that spinner rack, the drugstore, when you're having a good week or whatever, you're you're being good and somebody lets you pick your mom or dad, let you pick something out. Punisher war journal. Number one. Wow. Right off the rack. The first, first comic book I ever bought. Read those for quite some time growing up. I was the kid and I was the kid in school sitting at the desk taking all those die cut and hollow foil covers in the nineties and like tracing over and around them and trying to like uh, shade around them and everything like that. Trying to recreate the cover on rice paper and other paper and specialty papers. That was me. Oh my God. And then you're working for people that aren't following you. You're, you're trying to do the war journal, right? The whole run nine eights, like newsstands, the volume two run in yeah. nine eights is where I started. And that started, um, Right after CGC started grading books, simply because you could buy 98 copies for like 30 bucks, 20 bucks. <laughs> like, this is going to be great. And it's going to be a cheap, fun way to collect. Here we are 15, 18 years later. God, they're expensive now. How many issues are in that run? 104 plus a couple variants. Mm. I'm looking That's at cool. that. Which one is the, who started that writing, writing that? That's uh oh boy. Dixon? Mike, Mike Barron. Mike Barron. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, do you so do you have like uh, why why volume two over volume one? It was the easiest one to find when I started buying them. Like, no, <laughs> it was the cheapest. No, they want that too. Nobody was grading War Journal or War Zone. I mean, still, not many people are grading those books, anyways. Yeah, you know, Punisher's always been like a pretty accessible character in terms of um, he doesn't have the same kind of like volume of books out there that everyone else does. You know, usually it's like the mini series for a long time and like his ongoings really aren't. I mean, 104 is probably what his longest ongoing, I would assume, out of any Punisher I, title. I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, is, that kind of, is that your go to guy, Punisher? Is that your favorite character? It was for the better part of uh, my childhood getting into becoming a young adult into adulthood. I think uh, the Punisher and reading those issues of War Journal and Warzone actually helped kind of uh, steer my decision to join the Marine Corps at, at one point, you know, when I didn't want to get into college and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do out of high school. Well, let me check this out. Yeah. I like what I saw for the, for the first year before even signing anything, kind of looking into it and did a, a, a full contract with the Marine Corps after that. That's awesome, man. Thank you for your service. You know, anyone out me. there who's listening as well. So. Don't thank me for all the debauchery we had out there. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you serve? I try, try to act like professionals, like, man, I wasn't just some shit. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we just blew stuff up and shot stuff. I did a four-year contract, just the average. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, Andy, I know you're also like a big Star Wars guy like myself. And uh, 
you know, obviously getting into collecting in the 80s. So like you're you're an 80s baby, you know, you kind of grew up in that time frame. You know, where do you see, you know, where did you see yourself collecting and how did you really get more into, you know, the 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 90s? Like were you collecting that whole time or like was there a part where you cut off and you're like, "All right, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to go ahead and like try something else." Or like were you continuously collecting? It's pretty much like you're at the whims of your your household parental units until all of a sudden you get a lawn mowing job, you get your first job, and then you discover the local comic shop that's within pedaling distance of your bike. And that was about the time that Image was coming out when they were when they were busting out Image, and I fell for all of that. I fell for pretty much everything Image was putting out, and that's I was a diehard Image fan in the '90s, reading almost everything that came out. Wow. You know, I never, you know, one title I've never read, literally never read anything that has Savage Dragon in it. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know it's a very popular character, but I've never read any Savage Dragon. It's nothing from Larson. Yeah. No, I've never been a big Larson fan. Even the Spider-Man stuff. Like, I mean, I've never been a Spider-Man fan. Well, we all know that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that who listens to the podcast about your Spider-Man. <laughs> I think... Oh. Uh, did you get my package yet? I oh, know that sounds terrible at the same time. <laughs> um, I don't think so. All right. What did, you, what did you send me this time? I sent you that Ghost Rider book. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but no. I was the, the other thing. I th- Now that I think about it, when I sent you that Ghost Rider book, I probably should have sent you like a ton of Spider-Man books because I know we had the conversation like, hey, when you get the when you get that package, you know, let me know. Yeah, I think that's what I should have did. Off topic again, yeah. off topic. But anyway, let's get back to Andy. Andy, how you doing today? <laughs> Um, so Andy, you know, you've, you've been on Instagram, you're a YouTuber. Tell us how that kind of started. Like, why, why did you decide to do YouTube and, you know, be a part of the community? I know like for myself, I got to say, you know, you're for, for, you know, I, I, there's a lot of people that come on this channel. There's a lot of YouTubers, obviously that's like the one thing, you know, and you have, you know, you have a good amount, you have a good following on YouTube. And I just feel like your views, like to your subs just aren't there, but you seriously have like one of the, you know, you have one of the best shows to watch. You know, you're very personal. You're like very, inter- you're doing it all by yourself and you're so interactive with the, you know, with the community, with the chat. And that's very tough to do when you're solo. Like, because I feel like when I'm solo, like I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm trying to do my own content, but then it's like the, the back burner really is the the chat, but you're so engaging. And I think you're such a great part of this community for that and even like seeing you at cons and and people love you like just that was just kind of my rant for you and like really hyping your ego up so now i want to know how did you how did you decide to go ahead and start youtube i'm i'm really i'm really feeling the love really feeling the love. uh i started ig first actually i live in an area of southwest michigan where there's lc there's a couple lcs's it's it's a it's a decent sized town but oddly enough nobody gets together to talk comic books. Everybody's in the shop and out the shop done mm-hmm. every week weekends. People are digging through boxes. People go to conventions and you see the people across the room. And I kind of recognize that person. Okay. But nobody communicates. Nobody kind of talks if they're passionate about the hobby yet. Nobody's kind of talking about. It. So I discovered Instagram told myself I was going to stay away from social media. And I realized that there's a community on Instagram. And then as I start kind of sharing things on Instagram, I started to realize that I kind of wanted a little bit more. And I discovered 
an article talking about how YouTube building a YouTube channel or creating a YouTube channel is really good at building your public speaking skills, kind of breaking through that fourth wall of um, having stage fright. Mm -hmm. I have stage fright. I'm not going to lie. I constantly have stage fright, even to this day, after three years of working on YouTube. But more importantly, what I discovered when I started working on that and started getting better at public speaking, I drive or I draw a lot of energy from the community. Wednesday's new comic book day are fun. They're, they're a lot of fun for the new comic books, but I draw so much energy from the people that show up and charge me back up for the rest of the week. There's some weeks that if I don't do that Wednesday show, I'm about done on Thursday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes a lot, man. I mean, doing the YouTube thing is a grind. And so like sticking with it for sure is, is awesome, man. I mean, good for you. I mean, Justin and I both did the YouTube thing for a little while, but it just, obviously our stories were a little different and we kind of got out for various reasons. But I mean, like, like Justin said, dude, like you are, you are definitely one of the most personal and realist people in the community. Like as, as like, um, I don't, God, I don't want to offend you and call you an influencer, but like as a, as like a person, part of the community, you know what I mean? Like, I think you for sure are what you see is what you get kind of type person. And, uh, I think that's kind of evident with, you know, and I'm not to, not that we're going to talk about that, but like your quote unquote involvement or adjacentness to the C2E2 thing. You know what I mean? Like you came out fucking, everyone knew you were real. Everyone knew like, yeah, Andy had nothing to do with this. Andy was no problem. Like, um, and I think that speaks a lot to your character. So I appreciate that. We can talk about anything you guys want to want to tonight. Eh. I know you're eventually going to edit some stuff, but the only thing I'm influencing my weight on a scale every morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, the, the C2E2 stuff, that's so far, that's yeah, so far yeah. gone. And, you know, There's people so that have juicier stuff now. <laughs> yeah, of course it's every week. I mean, I really don't want to relive the C2E2 right. days, but you know, you were, you know, you definitely, you were somebody and, and for the people that don't know, like, you know, you bought copies, you were going to send them out to CGC. You were going to use them for, uh, mission 22 like everything and that's that's a real thing right that's a real thing yeah. to do and it, it, it flopped yeah and it you and i had per, you know you and i have conversations during that whole month like what was going on you know like what should i do i don't know what to do and they were giving you options and you know you and i were talking and it's it's you know that's it's such a different thing and like zach said about the community like you and i met for the first time in baltimore and it's like you and your wife are literally sitting outside where you, you guys are sitting outside of a bar in Baltimore. And literally I came up big hugs and we hung out the entire night. Like we knew each other. And I don't think that people realize like when you get to see these, you see these people on YouTube and on Instagram and you finally get to meet them in person and hang out with people. They're such down to earth people. And as big as some people are, they f- kind of forget about that. They forget where they came from. They forget who their followers are, who their listeners, who their viewers are. And like you and your wife were just so awesome to hang out with, you know, and even during the con at Baltimore, like what we would run into each other and we'd say, oh, hey, go check out this booth. Like there's some Star Wars books over there. You got to go check out. But, you know, that's just such a great thing. Like when you get to be able to meet these people and like, have face-to-face interactions like they're real people like they're not you know they're not just someone that you watch on a weekly basis on like a youtube channel so you know i I commend that as much as the the backlash of c2e2 and you know just yourself like you've 
you're definitely a great part of this community and someone that I think people really should be following on Instagram, also on YouTube, and also on MySpace and Facebook and <laughs> LimeWire and OnlyFans, Napster, yeah, um, Grinder, <laughs> Tinder. There's a, there's, a, there's a market for fat, bearded, chubby fellows. Ooh. <laughs> hey, so tell us about tell us about Justin. Kind of touched about it, touched on it, but tell us about Mission Twenty Two. Uh, Mission 22 is a non-for-profit, uh, what is it, a 401c, that number that they use to actually, it's it's stamped, it's approved by the government, non-for-profit agency supporting veterans and their mental health in uh, a time of need and their families as well. They are a phenomenal group. They're one of the highest rated veteran care groups when it comes to mental health. And Tel Valhalla Project creates uh, clothing supporting that cause as well. They Everything that they create clothing wise they donate to mission 22 um it's phenomenal tell valhalla project really started as he uh, they would create shirts mm -hmm. to help pay to the to earn money to help pay to create uh shadow boxes for flags of fallen soldiers and fallen uh marines anybody from the military and then they would deliver those to family members so that they would be remembered that's mm. awesome and yeah. uh, Mission 22 is something uh, kind of near and dear to my heart, and that's something I'll continue to preach. The mission for 2022 was Mission 22. I'm not going to stop supporting them because the year is over. We're going to keep talking about them. And uh, I would implore everybody to check out. It's just Google search Mission 22. It'll come up right away. It's the first thing. Yeah, you do a lot of good stuff for the charitable, you know, charitable donations. And, you know, even when you were doing your whatnot sales, you know, it, it's that's something that, you know, we all need, you know, Zach and I have talked about it. Mental health is a huge thing. And last year, you know, we've seen some downfalls and we've, we've talked about our personal stuff and mission 22 is, you know, no different, you know, it's the same thing in the military. Uh, you know, you both, you guys both serve, you know, PTSD is a big thing. And that posts, you know, what do you do? You know, uh, I, I was watching something the other day and they were talking about it. And, and I thought of you, you know, knowing that you were going to be coming on the show and, you know, it's just something that people need to realize. And, you know, Mission 22 is a great starting place if you don't know, you know, where you can help out. Yeah. You know, my, my father was uh, Navy, retired Navy. And so always very near and dear is the, the, the uniform services to, for me. Um, it's unfortunate because it feels like, obviously, I mean, this is just human nature in a way and it sucks. And I'm glad you brought it up. Like, Hey, you know, that was our mission in 2022, but you're not going to forget about it in 2023. And it's, it sucks because human nature is very much like it goes up and down, right? Like it's like some tragedy, tragedy will happen. And we remember the troops and then you forget about them when things kind of like calm down and then something horrible has to happen again. And then they're back and it's very unfortunate. And, you know, we live in such a political polarized time right now where, you know, you're either for or you're against. And I, and I feel like everyone needs to like let all that bullshit go aside. And these are, these are people that are out there fighting for, you know, your freedoms and protecting you. And whether you believe that or not, these are people who are serving their country. And I think we always need to keep like the, the soldiers and everyone in the forefront of our mind, especially the ones who are coming home. I mean, honestly, in a way it's almost more important to think of the ones coming home than it is to think about the ones going out sometimes because, mm. You go out. I mean, I never went to war, and so I, I don't want to make any assumptions. But I would, if I am assuming going out, it's probably a lot easier than coming in or coming home. And uh, well, you know, I think it's awesome that you help out a lot. Well, so uh, the, one of the biggest things too, the medical community is getting a lot smarter now about PTSD, and they've learned quite a bit. And it's not just 
support during tough times or support during a, a time of war or when people are coming back. PTSD can be um, experienced by anybody at any time. It's post-traumatic stress disorder. Things like car accident, loss of a limb. I mean, these right. are all things that happen regardless of what war is or isn't going on. So the fact that these groups are receiving support constantly year-round, no matter what's going on, is super important. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andy, you recently just had a show on your YouTube channel, sticking with the YouTube stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we, we really want to talk about this. So, you know, you're, you're collecting books, right? This is something that we all do. And we get to a point where we say, why are we still collecting this series? Right. (laughs) And (laughs) this is literally just the other day. And I, and I absolutely love, love, love listening to this. And this is the truth because this is how Zach and I, you know, you pre-order a book and this is for everybody out there. You look at the solicitations, you look at the previews, it says it's going to be a five issue mini series and then it ends up getting picked up for possibly another five and then it gets picked up and, and then it becomes like an ongoing. And then you're just like, but I was only interested in five. Like I thought I was into it for only five issues and then maybe I can get out. But for some reason I'm stuck in and it's like that drug that you keep collecting. And you were talking about this the other day and how like, and you and I are the same. We're, are we completionists? Because we literally buy every variant, every ratio variant for something is killing the children. And you and I talk, I'm like, Hey, yo, I got this like one in 250. And like, did I really need the one in 250? Like, is it really going to be worth what it, I paid for it at the end of the day? Or should I have just gotten with cover A? So I, I want to get into that conversation with all three of us because we all do the same thing. I feel like, you know, uh, like where, where does, especially in the comic, you know, collecting, like, is that something that you really need to think about? Do you, when you see it on the solicitations, it says miniseries. Do you really need to remember that it is five or six issues and being like, I'm done after six. I, I'm not saying we're getting taken to the cleaners, but I am saying I'm kind of getting taken to the cleaners. <laughs> now what, what I've become a little bit more cognizant or self-aware that when something says mini series and previews, I specifically put in the email to my LCS this title, this publisher <laughs> issues one through six mini series so that they cut it off right there. Because then I feel like I'm the bad guy. If I go in there and I see issue eight, nine and 10, they've ordered that months in advance. Mm-hmm. They've committed to paying for that. And I'm like, that's oh, like a $3 comic book. I don't want to be the bad guy and just leave it and tell them, put it back on the shelf and stiff them. I did kind of order it and I didn't, I didn't adjust my pull list accordingly as, as a, a customer of their shop. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> I've learned my lesson over 2020 and 2021 with Boom Studios. I love the kind. I love what Boom Studios is putting out, but did they? Boy, did they ever figure out the variant game and the ratio game when it comes down? Because we are issue issue 28 yes yesterday, and we're yeah. still one in 25, one in 50 unlockable variant. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> we're over two years in. And the theory was that, well, we might do this at story arcs. And I was like, every time I turn around a booms title, they're, they're after the completionist collectors. It's smart from their perspective. It's smart. My, from my perspective, man, boy, did I take some huge L's on house of slaughter and some other stuff. And I had to move away. And I promised myself that I'd finished berserker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One more issue, man. One more issue. <laughs> One more issue. I promised myself I'd finished berserker. I'm going to knock down something that's killing the children just to uh, cover A to read. I learned some important lessons. 
Um, and some of those were tied along with whatnot. Whatnot uh, provided that opportunity to move books out of my collection, but also to pay for new comic book day and some of the stuff I was reading and collecting. And I'll say that for 2023, some things are changing. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. I mean, I don't have luckily i don't have the same problem you guys have like i don't buy i'm a really i'm I'm a reader so it's a cover a pretty much for the most part i do dally a little bit with like something is killing your children i do a and b i was doing that a little bit for house of slaughter as well but um i definitely have figured out how to pull the ripcord so to speak on some of this shit when it gets out of control like i think you know i was just talking about this with justin not too long ago like earlier last week i don't know we talk almost every fucking day so i can't remember what when we had this conversation but there's a title that's ongoing still right now. It's uh, all Batman. my reason calls are my wife, Zach, 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 my yeah. wife, and Jeff. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. So Batman Urban Legends, right? And so I, when that started, we're on like issue twenty three now, and it's for any of you who don't know, it's like what six ninety nine book. I mean, it's a thick book with multiple mm. stories, an anthology type story. And I'm a Batman reader, so I picked it up, and I remember being like, "This kind of sucks, dude." And these are expensive books, and. uh, I was not enjoying them. Maybe one story out of the five garbage that was in there. And I was like, I don't not want to keep buying these till I get to the goalpost that we always do is, you know, the complete story list on eBay. So I just started listing like, I would put like one through 13 on eBay and then I'd wait a month. And if I got 14, I'd add the picture on eBay and just wait till that shit sold. And as soon as it sold, I was like, great. Now I'm no longer reading that title anymore. Like I'm done with that shit. Uh, yeah, you just you gotta you gotta figure out when to pull the ripcord sometimes, you know. But it's even good for new collectors, like people that listen, like that's what it is. Like don't get involved in something that you know that could be like a long thing. Like I know like Zach, so like and even Andy, you both are doing the House of Slaughter. I literally picked up House of Slaughter one and I was just like I even think before it came out, I was just like, I'm not doing this. As much as I love the universe, I love what Tinian created, I wanna learn more. I just don't wanna do both series like i want to stick with erica i liked her from the beginning you know <clears throat> aaron's a cool character but i just didn't want to get involved in it and you know then they came out with that two weeks ago that books of slaughter was a one shot thank you for just having a one shot thank you for not having millions of variants but like you know what's the next i think they're i think they're coming out with another ongoing yes no did he announce something or was it just the books of slaughter was like that one shot that was like the newest thing but That's- that's the one I remember, but yeah. again, so, again, trying to trim back, I'm trying to not pay as close attention. <clears throat> exactly. So like, you know, even on the solicitations, like I missed the books of slaughter on the solicitations. And, and then I went to like my shop and I was just like, oh, this is cool. So I just grabbed it because it said one shot and I knew that I didn't have to worry about getting into another series. So like going forward, if Tinian does put out like another series, even though I want to learn more about it, it's not something that I feel like I need to get involved with. And that's always the same thing, even with like events that have tie in books or when they have like spinoffs, like collectors need to know, like at what, like, what do you really want to get involved in? Like, I know, like I'm only sticking with some, something is killing the children. I'm not going to get into house of slaughter, even though I want to do it. Same thing. Like, you know, originally how I touched upon is like at mini series, like silver coins, a perfect example. Silver coin was solicited as a five issue mini I talked about it. I loved it. Zach got Zach involved in it. It was perfect. We were like, all right, five issues and we're done. And then like four issues in, they're like, we're going to keep going. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> but that was okay. That was a good one. It was only ended up being 15. It wasn't too bad. 
but still you think about it as like you and I have sold it. We've both sold our series, but at the end of the day, like, did we make our money back? Could we have like just saved that money and bought ourselves lunch or gas or put it towards an actual bigger book? Because you got to think of that long term, like four or five dollars over and over again. Cover A's, cover B's. Now you're at like nine or ten dollars a month for the book that did you really need it? Like you could have stopped. Yeah. It's tough, dude. I mean, like I would warn collectors or like new collectors or anyone. If you want to stay away from Siri, watch out for any goddamn Marvel event and whatever spin-off tie-in bullshit that they put in there. And I will be talking about that a little bit later towards the end of the show on a specific topic. But Ooh. Andy, what what did you are you enjoying House of Slaughter? Like what's your Justin, are you reading it at all or just No, I, not at all. Andy, what are your thoughts? I think they did it backwards. I think the first arc of House of Slaughter should have been the second arc. And I think the second arc should have been the first arc, in my opinion. It just the pacing of the first arc was hard. Okay. And months before anything was even leaked, me and a couple other friends were talking about it. We I was I was in several conversations about going to my LCS and another going to their LCS. And we were going to order hundreds of copies to try to help the LCS get to the ratio variants so we could get to those ratio variants. In the end, House of Slaughter was still returnable, so everybody ordered it uh, to to the nines. I didn't have to buy any extra copies, thankfully, to get those ratio variants. But I'm keeping cover A on the pull list, and I'm not. I'm like two, three months behind. That's that's one of the problems. Yeah. That any anything to be said to a new collector out there, anybody trying to get into it, buy what you love, and you'll love what you buy. But set a budget, pay attention to how much space you have and time, time management. Yep. If you don't have time to read four books a week, don't buy four books a week, especially don't buy eight books a week. And then don't <laughs> buy the variants that go along with them. And just multiplies worse than rabbits. Was the second arc. That's the one with the dude on the boat, right? Not the one with the guys on the boat. I thought that one was kind of weird. Honestly. I mean, house of slaughter hasn't been great. I never thought, I didn't think it was horrible. The first arc with, um, Aaron, okay. Aaron, yeah, it, it's decent. It's not bad. And then the one with the dude on the boat, I, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling that one too much. Um, I guess my biggest thing with this like Tinian universe was something is killing children. Is like when whatever issue that was when they introduced all, and we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, I think, or maybe me and Justin did, was um, all the different masks, right? Like I'm waiting for them to, to like, yo, make a series on like the the green masks or something like that. Like I don't need to. I don't give a shit about dead ass Aaron slaughter anymore. <laughs> or that guy's done. <laughs> like, you know, um, start something new. Give us some, uh, like something we haven't seen, uh, like a, and it doesn't have to be tied to even the house of slaughter. Give us one of the foreign houses. Like I loved book of slaughter. I loved it. I loved how you had the map. I thought it was so universe building. And then that's what I, that's what I really, really like. I really enjoy that kind of stuff. So that's what I want. Like just an unrelated green mask adventure. Not tied into the story, five issue miniseries. Boom, move on. Well, when you think about it, like the universe of slaughter that it is, if you think about that as like a campfire, did the first arc of House of Slaughter really help fuel that fire that much? Was it right. that it just kind of fizzled mm. and fizzled and was done? It feels like an anthology in a way, right? Like, I mean, it's just like these little stories and you're not really invested in it. Um, I guess that one dude, um, what is it Jace? Is that his name? Or am I getting like that? Yeah. Right. Butcher from the butcher house. I mean, I think he's coming back here shortly. So maybe they got plans with him, but I don't know. There's something to be said. Um, I don't know. It was really like about four, maybe four and a half, five years now that I've been back hard to the paint on new comic book day Wednesdays, maybe not quite that long. And it's, it's been about two years that I've been regular on YouTube with it. Mm -hmm. 
and it's just ballooned. I'm 60 to 70 short boxes now of a probably 60% modern. Well, the other 40% is modern, but it's like 70s, 80s modern. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you, I remember those days when you're, my pull lists, weekly pull lists were something like 120 bucks. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, this is garbage. I can't read all this shit. And, and I would burn through them and then they just stack up. And now more or less, I, I think I, if I'm spending about 60 bucks at the shop weekly, I'm kind of like, fuck. Okay. And it's not because, you know, not because I can't afford it, but I'm just like, this is pointless to spend more than this really. Like I should be cutting back, cutting back titles. I definitely read online more than. Yeah. You definitely want to be spending that money somewhere else is what you're saying. And I, I can agree with you. There were several weeks and it's slightly embarrassing to say that um, when something is killing the children, house of slaughter and berserker would drop. I had pull lists that would uh, exceed $500 in a week. Oof. With Oof. Yeah. Now the days had, of the high Republic. When yeah. High Republic would come out at the same week as like something is killing the children and you're buying the 125s of every ratio and see you know, several years ago ratio variants were were ratio or under yes and then for a hot minute there like two years 2020 2021 one in 100s were 200 300 dollars they were pricing them for what they were selling on eBay and if you wanted that you're paying that price and they weren't always coming back down after they flooded the market they weren't always doing that but there were days that it was you know we ha- I had that vehicle where I could move stuff out and make sure that I had money for new, uh, new comic book day Wednesday, but there's no nothing on God's green damn earth. Should I be spending fucking $500 on a Wednesday on comic books and then read, read like 12 of them. And then the other rest are all variants and they're going off getting graded or whatever. Like those uh, house of slaughter, the one in 1000, one in 500 mm-hmm. took a big L on those. And they both came back nine, eight. And it's like, I wanted them for the collection, ended up not liking the rest of the first story arc, deciding I wasn't going to collect the rest of that, wasn't going to be that completionist collector. And then when I turn around to actually let go of those, I can't even break even on them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of new comics, it's kind of changed topics. It's going to go into some of our articles and we're talking about modern comics over here. So um, this one just dropped today. And uh, I know Andy's a big fan. I'm a big fan. Zach's a big fan. Uh, over at CBR.com, Darth Vader goes black, white, and red in his solo anthology series. So Marvel's giving Darth Vader his own four-issue anthology miniseries. Darth Vader, of course, co-written by James Jason Aaron, of course, from the original Star Wars run and current Avengers run. Uh, and, of course, if you don't know, Marvel's been doing this with a couple of their titles, Wolverine, Deadpool, Electra, just to name a few. Um, and really excited about this. Art's going to be done by uh, uh, Leonard Kurt and backup stories. And this was something that I missed in the article originally. And then Andy pointed out that they're going to have some other included stories written and illustrated by Peach Momoko, who this is her first time doing Star Wars interiors. So, um, of course, Jason Aaron did an amazing job creating the star Wars universe back in 2015 and Marvel did a great job with the Vader down series. And even in the article, he talks about how he loved the Vader down series, um, four issue mini series. First time they're doing this star Wars stuff. Are we excited about this? Are we kind of like, Oh, it's just going to be like another anthology. What do you think? Andy, give me more Vader, man. I'm kind of excited about this. Uh, Aaron 
did a fantastic job on Star Wars. I'm really looking forward to this kind of breathing more, not new. I'm not going to say new life, right? But breathing more life into Vader, a character that a lot of people clamor more for. Pax done a fantastic job in the run that's going on right now and has for a while. And you look back on Gillen and Soul's runs of Vader, standout phenomenal reads that I can't put down to the point where I even have him in omnibus form. So give me more Vader. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I mean, obviously in the Star Wars Marvel universe, Vader, the Vader title is consistently the best title. It's better than the Star Wars ongoing. It's better than the Bounty Hunters, Afra, the miniseries. Um, what else kind of came out during volume one or whatever? It just... Well, they did. Just, a, they did a lot of the minis, like Leia, a little more um, minis. Back yeah. Then, yeah, it's consistently like the best title, and that's because Vader is consistently one of the best characters, the most like enjoyable characters to read. And then you tie it in with this whole like the black, white, and red, which surprisingly kind of like really took off. I mean, like with the Wolverine, the Deadpool, where they did Moon Knight. Um, I think it was an Electra as well, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just really cool. And if you're gonna get bloody and kind of adult with it, I mean, shit who better than Vader in the star Wars universe. Right. So um, I think it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. I think Vader is the one character that, and the reason why um, both of you, you know, and we've said it multiple times here on the podcast and like Andy's, you know, the writers that done Vader Vader is, and IGN and all these other websites have always done like top villains of all time. And like Vader's typically always either in the top three or number one, and you can't write Vader not as a villain. So, that's why the Vader title is always the is has always been the best because if you kind of make him like a good guy in a way, like it's just not Vader. So right. bringing Vader into this black, white, and 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 red, like it's perfect. I, I think the series and like you said, yeah, like the Wolver. I was a big fan of the Wolverine one and also the Electro one. Um, I did not. I don't think I read Moon Knight. Deadpool was okay, but yeah, I remember when the Wolverine series came out. I was like, this is interesting because I hadn't read a Wolverine series in a long time. So. And it's something different. It's it's out of like the continuity of the current titles, so it doesn't matter. Like you could just read these four issues that are coming out and be fine with it. Well, and then the red lightsaber too. I mean, it's just perfect, yeah. right? It's just, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be amazing. So, well, you know what you're getting with Vader. Mm-hmm. No matter where Vader's at in any kind of storyline or time frame, you know what you're gonna get with Vader. Yeah, definitely. So. What do we have else? I think we have a trailer that just dropped this week, yes. right, Zach? Yes, we do. We have a big trailer that dropped this week, and we have got to talk about it. So, obviously, Ant-Man Mania dropped a, a full-length trailer. I mean, we kind of already had a full-length trailer as well, but this one was definitely more in-depth. And honestly, it didn't even – I mean, this trailer – you know, Ant-Man's kind of always been one of the more comedic uh, series in the films, right, in the Marvel Universe – and you don't get that vibe at all in this trailer. Like, honestly, I was kind of like, yo, where are the jokes? Because there's no Ant-Man jokes within this whole trailer. And everything just felt large and very, like, important. Anything that was happening in that trailer felt like, holy shit, like, Ant-Man's going to get rocked, honestly. I get, my my genu- genuine takeaway from this trailer was he was either dying or, mm-hmm. like, Ant-Man's, like, completely changed after this, this movie. Like, completely changed. We're going to have a, a completely different Scott Lang, in my opinion. But... I mean, there were so many awesome things in the trailer. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed, uh, like you said, there's there's no comedy. 
it's a very serious movie. It kind of reminded me of like the the Winter Soldier Civil War vibes, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Like it's there definitely seems to be and and they're doing it right. You know, we we all talk about four, phase four. I mean, they're kicking off phase five. You know, Kang is going to be around for a while. I mean, we could pick apart the trailer for to no end, right? But this is definitely going to be the starting point for phase five where we're going to see it towards the end in the next whatever 10 movies or eight movies, whatever they're doing until the Kang dynasty. But yeah, this is like a perfect movie to start off this phase because of, and you know, we say that now based on just the trailer, but there is going to be a lot of stuff that's happening in this movie that is going to obviously, you know, take a toll for the rest of the, for the rest of the movies and the rest of the shows that are going to be coming out. So uh, I'm really looking forward to Ant-Man. I, my things are, you know, I think probably what may happen is he may disappear and be gone for a while and then come back in like Secret Wars. But yeah, man, I'm I've never been like a big Kang fan, but I, I think this is uh you know, Kang could definitely overtake Thanos for the Marvel MCU villains. What about you, Andy? Yeah, the the trailer really does leave you with a, a feeling of despair almost. Yeah. Kind of putting putting some things together while watching it. I'm actually really excited. Because I'm a massive fan of watching movies in 3D, and I don't know if this is coming out in 3D, but I'm kind of hoping. This looks like it'd be really good to see in 3D. Yeah, with all the colors and everything, right? Yep. Yeah, I think, I think an be, IMAX, definitely IMAX. An IMAX 3D, that's kind of my jam right there, and I'll go watch just about anything that hits that, and I would watch this anyways. Ant-Man's kind of near and dear to my heart. That's When everything was coming out, this was kind of like that fun, used to be, that, that fun little romp that added levitivity or levitivity it, it enlightened or lightened the mood, so to, so to speak, and kind of added some comedy and some mm-hmm. um, hilarity. But without going overboard, like you kind of talked about with She-Hulk and some of the other stuff in the past, this just kind of it, it looks like it's really absent there. But, man, I'm still rewatching it. I watched it yesterday. I watched it this morning. It's on replay again. It's kind of feeling a little bit of a feeling of despair. You know, one of the themes, and like I have no idea if this is how it's going to play out in the movie, so I'm only going off the trailer. But I think the theme that like kind of struck to me the most is like, you think about Ant Man, right? Like he had this big win, this big W, with obviously he got stuck in the quantum realm, and he comes and his daughter uh, aged on him, right? And that sounds like that's like the big motivation of this movie. It feels like he's trying to get back that time, right? So then he goes on, he has this big W with, hey, Avengers, guess what? I got this idea about time travel. So it's almost like he gets like over cocky here. He's like, oh, well, I can use time travel. It worked for me. It worked for us when we saved the universe from Thanos. Why don't I try to do it again and save and get my time back with my daughter? And, you know, that's kind of it's kind of one of those, you know, life lessons. It's like, don't overreach here, man. Like you kind of just accept what you got. And he tries a little too hard. And it, and it sounds like based on the trailer, like him doing that is going to cause problems and obviously kind of screw things up possibly for everyone. Um but it also is very like understanding, you know, that he missed all that time with his daughter and it's, he wants it back. So I don't know. There, there's a lot of themes in this movie that definitely don't feel like the previous two Ant-Man movies. Like these <laughs> some deep themes here, which uh, I'm excited for, like change the characters, man. Like try something new with them. Like that's what Marvel needs to do. I think to make it, make the Marvel universe moving forward, still enjoyable. Yeah. Like, Paul Rudd is a character in, in movies like he's 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 a comedic actor like has he ever had a serious role I mean just the trailer alone makes you be like 
Yeah, he's got some acting chops. It's not just ha ha funny stuff. Like it's, you know, he's he's got a daughter that he that he cares about, and you know, he's got the girl, and he would do anything for it. And you know, just looking back, you're just like, yeah, those first two Ant Man movies are funny, and then like, you know, you, you think about it, like the what is it, Avengers Endgame, like you really got to think about it. like, if it wasn't for him, like they wouldn't have, you know, yeah. they wouldn't have come up with that idea for like the quantum realm. Like how they would just, the the world would have just moved on, right? The world would have moved on. Nobody would have gotten back. Probably most likely it would just would have been a standstill and depression and all that stuff. But yeah, man, I cannot wait for this movie. I think it's going to be f- fucking phenomenal to be honest. Yeah. Let's hope so, man. I mean, the MCU has got to do something, man. Phase four was, pretty underwhelming and it's so. february right we're yep. right around the corner that's for like, this what, movie. two or three weeks away i think yeah like yeah. tickets haven't gone on sale yet but uh you know there's a lot of even like i mean we haven't even talked about modok you know modok looks pretty badass in it so uh you know i'm hoping that he's kind of like a a more long time villain right like he could be like a kind of a backup with kang like he could still always be around not just be like a one and done yeah I like Corey Stoll, the actor who played Yellow Jacket. Um, Maybe and, we'll see him. And yeah, well, I mean, they're kind of implying that he might be the Modoc, right? So the face in the Modoc. That's what you've seen in like the, some of the stills and whatnot. So maybe that's the case. Maybe we'll see him. Um, I'm with you, though, too. Like, I've never been a big Kang fan. I've never not been a Kang fan. I just kind of was indifferent. And I'm excited about this. And I mean, I, I think I was telling you, Justin, like, the, and Andy, I don't know if you read this either but the timeless so, so they did timeless last year and then the, the one shot timeless this year this one this year was phenomenal like honestly i was like hell yeah i want more kang like kang came across as a badass in this timeless issue and uh i'm really looking forward to some more kang hmm. yeah we're gonna see what happens definitely have to see what happens for this so yeah so that's about what we're about 50 minutes in let's uh kind of get on to how we always finish our show. Let's, you know, we got a new Justin's new great idea that we're going to continue <laughs> this week, which I don't even remember since this is what we, the second time we've done so it. So week two. Are we doing it first or are we doing it? Yeah, first? we're doing it first. Okay. So if you didn't listen last week, first off, fuck you. Second, we have a new <laughs> thing that we're doing in season three where we are kind of giving you a heads up on anything we're pre-ordering for the following um, solicitation of pre-orders. So Justin and I are going to kind of go over some number ones, or maybe if it's in the middle of the title, but something to kind of look that we think sounds interesting that we're going to pre-order and check out. So then Justin, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah. So of course, last week I talked about the boom studios book called neighbors. Uh, this week I'm actually going with a DC book. I know it's weird. I'm talking to going to talk about a, a DC book, but it's actually going to be just a four issue limited series. It's uh branching off of the Lazarus planet that just started this week. Uh, the title is called Lazarus Planet Revenge of the Gods. So the synopsis is after the events of Lazarus Planet, the gods of the multiverse have decided to take down the heroes they once called champions and the world they've sworn to protect. For the years, the gods sat idle atop their mountains as their legends faded into obscurity along with their bodies. Now is their time to remind the selfish mortals of their existence and take back the world with something more powerful than belief, fear. Only the brave heroes Wonder Woman and Shazam stand in their way, but will their combined powers be enough? So um, currently, and what's interesting about this, so this is coming out in March. You can currently pre-order the first two issues, so they're actually coming out bi-weekly. So this is going to be a quick series, but 
I definitely recommend picking this up if you're a Shazam fan and or Wonder Woman and if you're if you've read the Lazarus Planet Alpha this week, um, definitely if you're a Magic fan, Magic being Magic, not the character from Marvel, obviously, but DC, um, you will definitely enjoy this because uh, this is definitely looking to be a very Magic-driven storyline, which I'm enthralled about. So, Lazarus Planet: Revenge of the Gods number one and number two will be coming out in March. So you can go ahead and pre-order that this month. What about you, Zach? What do you got for uh, what are we currently pre-ordering? Yeah, so uh, the title I think looks really interesting. It's uh, it's called Forged by uh, Image Studio or Image Comics. It's uh, Greg Rucka written, and I'm a massive Old Guard fan, and I feel like this book kind of has a lot of Old Guard vibes. Um, so the solicitation reads, In the 11th millennium uh, rule of the Eternal Empress, a squad of planet-smashing super soldiers find their routine mission to be anything but. These are the Forged. They take no prisoners. Written by Greg Rucka and Eric Trotman and brought to the page by Mike Henderson. Embark upon an over-the-top pulp adventure of sex, violence, and sci-fi inspired by Conan, Heavy Metal, and other comics you tried to hide from your parents. So it's also mature rating. And on the front, it says, A team of ultra-lethal imperial vixens, a cabal of sensuous space witches, a bug stomp on a distant hell world. So I think it looks awesome. Like I said, I I like Greg Rucka. I'm a massive Old Guard fan. Seems like it kind of has some of the same vibes just by what I'm reading, but definitely something I'm going to check out. Um, Image Comics. It does have a little bit of a high uh, price tag. I think it's uh, looks like $5.99 for a number one issue, which is strange if you're not a Marvel book. And mm. but maybe it's a, I don't, I can't tell if it's oversized or not, but. Okay. Yeah. I know, Andy, we're going to put you on the spot, but uh, are you pre-ordering anything that's uh, coming out that maybe people should check out? Yeah, um, I know we talk about finding creative teams that you want to like and follow. Uh, one of those individuals, um, Jeff Lemire. Uh, Lemire's dropping Phantom Road number one, March 8th. And that sounds pretty interesting. Uh, the It goes, Dom is a long-haul truck driver attempting to stay ahead of his tragic past. When he stops one night to assist Birdie, who has been in a massive car crash, they pull an artifact from the wreckage that throws their lives into fifth gear. Suddenly, a typical midnight run has become a frantic journey through surreal world where Dom and Birdie find themselves the quarry of strange and impossible monsters. This just kind of sounds like a fun kind of thriller horror romp from Lemire. Uh, fantastic writer. I love what Lemire puts out um, 95% of the time. And you know what's really interesting? Truck driving has been a thing on social media. TikToks, uh, reels, truck drivers, supply chain crisis. They're getting a lot of followers. They're getting a lot of attention. So um, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with this Phantom Road number one. Interesting. And who's it coming out by? Uh, image comics. Image. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm a big Jeff Lemire fan myself too, and I feel like a lot of his stuff kind of goes under the radar. Like, um, I, I didn't feel like. Um, oh man, I'm having a mind blank right now. What was the horror series? Uh, Gideon, Gideon Falls. Oh, Gideon that Falls didn't get as enough hype as I as I thought and hoped it was going to be i yeah little monsters i feel like is not getting as the hype it got um i mean primordial was decent it wasn't bad and it, it was trippy that yeah, is, that's trippy. the same yeah. same creative team as gideon falls and i think uh sorrento just went oh full yeah tilt from gideon falls to primordial because i was <laughs> i mean it's like an acid trip at some it, point. It, yeah it's weird as hell yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah god i remember I reading primordial holy god I was really surprised Gideon Falls didn't get a little bit more um, like, I don't know, hype or anyone kind of fell on, like talked about it more because I really enjoyed it. 
it's kind of hard. Anything thriller or horror is going to live in the shadow of Stranger Things until it's done and gone, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. But that's cool. I'm going to actually, I didn't even, I don't think I saw that book. So I'll have to check that one out. All right. So what are we currently pre-ordering again? Make sure you check out those books. They'll be available for pre-order for the month and they will all be coming out in March. So let's get to our final topic. Of course, how we end all of our shows with reading books. Cause that's what the comic books is what we're here for. We're all about reading books. So what are we currently reading? Zach, what are you currently reading this week? Man, so okay, my hot garbage. I said I was going to touch on something. We got a hot garbage. Hello, first twenty twenty three hot garbage. I'm excited. This is like a multiple hot garbage. There was a lot of garbage. There was a fucking steaming pile of hot garbage that came out this week. But they're all (laughs) tied together, and it's god damn it, man. This dark web storyline sucks. And the Mary Jane and Black Cat's horrible. The Ms. Marvel is unreadable. Yeah, where? Why? Really? I, let me let, let me before you even do that. Why is she even in this series? Dude. Like when we talked about this previously about upcoming events yeah. months ago, it was like Spider Man and X Men, and then all of a sudden, randomly, Kamala Khan's there, and like, why? Bro, honestly, it felt like when. And then guess, I'll give you a guess. If you didn't read issue number two of Dark Web Ms. Marvel number two, who do you think shows up in one of the panels, like towards the end or towards? He might have even been in like the. I gave it a, part of it away. Might have even been an issue number one. Take a guess who you think would be thrown in. Who's thrown into almost any fucking book these days? Well, Wolverine? No, that's a good guess, though. Well, I know. <laughs> that's a good guess, but no, no. Not that character. Is it a guy or a girl? It's a guy. Uh, um, you can't say that, though. I don't know. But, but uh, I don't know. I didn't read it, so I can't. Miles I don't know. Morales. Dude. Oh. For no fucking reason, Miles Morales is thrown in there. And but- all I can think is, like, quit pushing these characters on people, man. Like, I don't know, dude. It's garbage. It is in it's very unfortunate because obviously I'm a big X-Men fan and I love Madeline Pryor. Obviously, Inferno this it, is kind of like you know similar to Inferno. It's the same kind of storyline, but I thought it would be a really, really good, interesting story to have like Ben Riley and Madeline Pryor, two of the like the, the most well-known clones in the Marvel universe, like kind of coming together, teaming up. And it has been very lackluster. Um, but mm-hmm. these spinoff issues are horrible, dude. Horrible. Um, yeah, they remind me of the uh, the days of King and Black. Those like random tie-ins that yeah. decided to like show up. Like, oof, they were bad. So that's my hot garbage of the week. But my pick of the week is um, I haven't. I've kind of steered away from these books for a while. But man, X Men number eighteen was amazing. Um, I love. I kind of talked about it. I don't know, season two or a long time ago. The storyline of when uh, Sync, X-23, and Darwin went into the Children of the Vault. And um, if you've been following X-Men, uh, X-23 actually kind of got left behind and she somewhat died in there. But while they were in there, Sync and her had lived like hundreds of years and they kind of fell in love and had a whole relationship. So when Sync was the only one who escaped from the Children or from the Vault, they resurrected X-23. But lo and behold, in a previous or two issues, they found out that she actually was still alive in there and Forge got her out. So now you have two X-23s in the Marvel Universe, an older one who's been aged, you know, hundreds of years, but still, you know, Wolverine Young-like, and then the current youngish X-23. And it's just a really great book on multiple levels because I love, Sync is probably rising up as one of my favorite X-Men characters in the modern age. And the interaction between the two X 23s, like saying who's going to live in the world, what are their roles going to be with them both in the world and how they interact with each other are priceless in terms of like 
X23 slash Wolverine interactions. Um, there's also like a crossover with the X Terminators, the girls from the little mini series. Yeah, I was gonna ask, how is that possible? Because like, where does that fit in that in that series? Then it's it's not really a crossover, but those four girls are like fighting vampires, and like you know how X23 is part of that, the vampire yeah. fighting. Mm-hmm. The older X23 interacts with her while they're fighting vampires, so it's kind of uh, like a medium crossover. It's it's cool, but it was just a really great issue, and uh, really really enjoyed it. So that's my pick of the week. X-Men number 18. Nice. Andy, what are we currently reading? I actually just plopped back down the giant 2015 Gillen Darth Vader omnibus. Um, Phenomenal, phenomenal read. I've kind of taken a break from New Comic Book Day reading. I'm still picking up the books. I got to get caught up there. But my love will always be for Star Wars, so I'm going to be diving right back into uh, the Vader series. I've actually heard a couple of people say that they were a little unhappy with Pax Run right now, so I want to find out what's going on there hmm. and get caught hmm. back up. The Handmaiden stuff's kind of dragged a little bit. It's a little Handmaiden heavy, um, but it's still yeah, good. Yeah, it's gone back and forth. Yeah. I think I, I don't can't remember if we've, we've talked about this, but I think because this is the first series that they've done for Vader where there's more of a event right like because right. there was the whole war of the bounty hunters crimson dawn uh, crimson rain and now um the hidden empire stuff so the first two series really didn't have any type of crossover i mean there was the vader down in like volume one but like volume two was all prequel stuff like right and that time frame was like there was no there was no you know you couldn't put anything in there based on what the current star wars mm-hmm. but yeah um yeah Pack's a great writer, uh, but I, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it away from him for this for this run. It's definitely not the as of the first three runs, right? Definitely the the bottom tier, but still not bottom tier as far as Vader itself. So I find the character of Ochi to kind of be a little off putting somewhat with Vader. Like he's it's not that I dislike him that much, but it's he's like a Deadpool type character. You know what I mean? Where mm. he's very like I don't know. Yeah, when you he when you look back at at Vader reads and when Vader kind of has a cohort or an assistant or somebody he's hired, you got to measure up to Afro. You got to measure up yeah. to the murder droids. You got to measure. There's, right. there's some big shoes to fill. So if you're going to bring out another like Vader assistant, it better be mm-hmm. damn good. Yeah. Well, the recent issue, if you haven't read the recent issue of Vader, I mean, it just kind of was like, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. It was kind of silly that what happens with like Vader and Ochi. And I'm always constantly, constantly like, yo, how did this dude survive to to make yep. it to Rise of Skywalker as long as he did? Like this guy should have been killed ages ago, dude. So, yeah, definitely going to be interesting. So, awesome, Andy. Anything else before uh, you know I get to myself? Or what am I currently reading? You're just reading the the Vader stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty much sticking with uh, a Star Wars Vader stuff. Pick making sure I don't miss any of that. Pick that up. That's pretty pretty solid, stable, guaranteed stuff to get into. Even even the not great Star Wars stuff is still better than some of the not great other stuff. Hmm. Agreed. Uh, for myself, what am I currently reading uh, this week? Honorable mention. I talked about this obviously a little bit earlier. Uh, the Lazarus Planet Alpha came out this week, so this is kind of spinning out of the Batman vs. Robin series. Um, interesting stuff. You kind of have a, a good group of characters, which is crazy. You have uh, you have Robin, you have Batman, Talia, Supergirl, Power Girl. Um, Monkey Prince is in there. You get Zatanna, Blue Beetle. There's a ton of magic users in there. Uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. I don't want to get too involved of what's going on, but you know something's wrong with Batman. My takeaway from this title is the art. 
uh, Ricardo Federici, if you know, he's mostly done cover art, exclusive variants, a lot of DC stuff, but this is like one of the few times, and I don't know if it's his first time doing interior art, but he does some great details in this issue um, with all the magic users. Basically, anybody who has magic-related powers, their their powers are kind of like off-putting, so they're kind of relying more on technology like Cyborg and Blue Beetle. Um, and they're, it's it's got a lot of stuff going for it. And like I said earlier, uh, talking about Lazarus Planet, there's if you're into magic, I highly recommend picking up this series because I think this is going to be a good little event for uh, for the DC comic world. So uh, honorable mention goes to Lazarus Planet Alpha number one. Uh, pick of the week this week, though, uh, the latest issue of Grimm. Uh, we are seven issues into Grimm. And, you know, after that first five issues, I thought I was kind of out. Because I was like, eh, you know what? It's again. I think it may have been solicited as a mini series, but it's continuing. Uh, last issue, we were, and at this point, I feel like I'm going to spoil a little bit, but I'm not going to go too heavy. Um, at the end of issue five, someone perishes. Issue six introduces the Sisters of Fate. So Zach and I, you know, we recently played the God of War Ragnarok game. So you know, we're we're into all that type of mythology, but. Um, some stuff is happening in issue six and seven where people can't die. And this issue seven is very gruesome. Um, the majority of the issue takes place in a hospital. And I mean, there's people that are literally have their guts spilled out and they're literally talking, like basically telling people to kill them, like just kill me because I, they're literally, their guts are just hanging out of their bodies and they're holding them. Um, but there's a great interaction between Jessica Haro, obviously the main character and this priest. And it really, you know, it's a very um, biblical sense where, you know, what would happen if people can't die? And especially a priest who is in that world of, you know, whether it's Christianity or uh, Catholicism or whatever, you know, having that, you know, moving on to the next world. And Jessica and him having this conversation, knowing who Jessica is, is just, and she blames herself. And it almost reminds me of uh, Man of Steel, like when Henry Cavill's Superman goes to the priest and, basically says you know like because obviously general zod is like looking for him and almost like what do you do and it's you know the priest basically tells him it's a leap of faith and this reminds me so much of that movie and that scene of like because jessica's blaming herself of why all these people can't die so uh interesting series if you have not started picking up obviously stephanie phillips is, is writing it but yeah it's really turning out to be something different than uh than what i thought you know from from boom studio so definitely pick of the week uh, going out to to Grim number seven. Nice. I haven't read that one yet. I haven't got to it. I do love Grim though. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, um, great episode, Andy. Thanks again for being on here. And once again, tell everyone where they can find you one last time. Oh yeah. So the mission for 2023 is that of the comic community. You guys can find me at Comic Man Andy on YouTube. Every blind CGC unboxing we do on the channel this year, we're going to be giving away a CGC slab to the community members wow. live in the chat we're putting in extra books the goal is to do no less than 12 and to try to even double that number and potentially do two per month i'm partnered up with gary at impressive comic book services he is supporting um our content over there and we're supporting his content uh so that we can reach more people in the community and just kind of share the love um there's a lot going on in this community and you know what i can do about that i can do something fun let's give away some books let's have some fun you guys can find me on Instagram at Comic Man Andy. That's where I day to day like to post there about what I'm reading, what I'm picking up, or what I'm finding. Uh, Nemesis and Zach know that I am 
on the massive Star Wars hall like every other week, wherever <laughs> I could find a really good deal for Ahsoka stuff or Afro stuff. But yeah, I look forward to meeting new people out in the community, and I'll uh, definitely stay in touch. My hope is after this Sunday's premiere of a new show, maybe, maybe the old Cockman Eddie might just get another invite back. Yeah, you know yep. what? I, we didn't even touch about that. Um, I talked to Justin about this offline. Kind of, I was like, "Damn, Andy is a big Last of Us fan, man! Like, huge Last of Us." Because it's either you're posting Star Wars, or you're posting Last of Us stuff right now. So, hell yeah, it's back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Andy will definitely be back. Uh, he will be here for our final blue season season one review i'm sure you'll do it not only on your channel on youtube but we'll definitely have you back here on the podcast to talk about uh the last of us because um zach and i have both played the games um we didn't really we had an article last week to talk about it but i didn't really want to get into the last of us i thought we would get a little bit tonight but we learned more about andy which is awesome and there's we really don't want to do like too much of a preview i think uh a final review will be nice so andy we really appreciate you coming on like you know like i said you'll definitely be back and i guess what eight weeks how many episodes is uh nine nine Nine. episodes all right so you you will see you in about two months but (laughs) again yeah everybody please follow andy um like i said he he's a pillar of this community no joke and um andy you you what's your first big show you're going to this year anything uh is probably no actually uh no uh nwi comic con february 11th i'm gonna be going down there our man chip gitler in the community i usually meet him there and uh $18 $18 early bird tickets get you in. It's a one day con. It's like one of those hometown cons, big uh-huh. square building. Lots of great Gene Ha's going to be there. I mean, they got some great names showing up there. I'm really excited. NW, NWI Comic Con. Look it up. February 11th. C2E2, of course. Looking into Heroes Con. That's going to be the big convention where a lot of people meet up this year and maybe uh-huh. might try to do Lexington Con. Okay. Baltimore is always a thing, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Baltimore was a great time. I definitely want to get back out to C2E2 this year. So, uh, again, from from all of us, please, uh, again, another reminder, King Kong, a local show here in New Jersey. We'll definitely be talking about that more as it comes. But, uh, obviously, I will be there. I will be attending March 25th and March 26th. So, um, that's it for everyone here at the Comic-Con Podcast. Yeah, thanks, everyone. We will catch you next week. Later. Later.